listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, and another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a, re- a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Life is a party. You see, think about what a party is. When do we have parties? We have parties for birthdays. We have parties for weddings and anniversaries. We have parties even after funerals. Uh, Anytime we have significant events in life, we have a party. Because we use parties to celebrate life. And life is meant to be celebrated every single day. Life is a party. But, you know, parties take work. When I'm, I enjoy having parties at my house. I enjoy hosting people. And, and, and when I host somebody at my house, I clean. I prepare food. I do the work necessary to have the party. But it doesn't feel like work to me when I'm doing that. I'll put on some music, usually uh, my favorite rock radio station from Pittsburgh, WDVE. I've been listening to that station since I was a kid. And I'll put on the music and I'll sing with the radio and I'll, I'll dance as I clean because that cleaning and, and the preparation for the party is a labor of love. I'm doing it as a gesture of love toward my guests. And I've even evolved to, to see any of the work I do around my house, not as chores, but it's a labor of love for my family. When I scrub the floor, I'm doing it because I love my family. When I mow the grass or, or work in the yard, I'm doing it because I, I love my family. And I actually think about that. And I orient myself toward that love as I'm doing the work. Life is a party. Life is meant to be celebrated every single day. Jesus used <clears throat> feasts and, and, <clears throat> and meals and parties as one of his key uh, components to his parables. 
And we hear that here today. A king is having a party, a wedding feast. And he invites people to come and they, <clears throat> they choose not to come. They choose to stay at home. They're too busy. They have crops to take care of. They have work to be done. That, that, that work somehow is in the way of them enjoying and celebrating life. And so in the parable, you know, the king sends his soldiers to kill those people and to drag others into the party. Well, please don't equate the king in this parable to God. That's not how God acts. God's not killing people who don't come to the party. But the reality is, is that when we don't see life as a party, when we don't celebrate life on a daily basis, we die. We die inside. We know what happens to us. All of us have felt it at times. We, anxiety creeps in. Fear creeps in. Depression creeps in. We start to feel like victims. We start to feel like life happens to us and that we're powerless and, and we don't have agency to do anything about our situation or about our predicament. But when we can wake up every day and breathe, and celebrate our breath, and begin to look at the beauty that's around us, the beauty in the people that we live with, the beauty in, in, in our pets, in the animals that we see, the beauty out in nature, the realization that I'm alive today. I'm alive, and I get to, I get to, to live, I get to, to breathe, I get to do. That deserves celebration. And it generates a sense of joy in us, a sense of hope in us. When I come to work at, at the church, I, I have a stressful job as lead pastor at Abiding Hope. There's a lot of things that I have to pay attention to, everything from our finances and staff to the direction we're heading as a congregation, the vision for our congregation, the raising up of leaders and the investing in leaders. It's a lot of work. And if I see it simply as work, as a job, then I'm miserable, I'm stressed, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. But when I come to my job and I see it as a labor of love, I see it, it's about people. And this hard work that I do, maybe behind closed doors or on my own or with a few people, it, 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 it's not laborious, it's joy-filled because my orientation toward my work is love. There was a, a German poet and author in the 19th century named Goethe, G-O-E-T-H-E. -E. And what Goethe said is he said, the secret to life is not doing what you love to do. The secret to life is loving what you have to do, right? It's, it's, it's loving that you get to serve other people. It's loving that, that you, you, you're, God wants to use your gifts and your resources and your abilities to have impact in the world. It's loving that, that God wants to use you, use all of you every single day in your home, in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever you find yourself, at the grocery store. God wants to use you to be light, to be love in the lives of other people. That can only happen if we're opening ourselves to be the love and light that we're created to be. And what gets in the way of that is fear. Every time an angel shows up to call somebody into something, the first thing the angel says is, fear not. Don't be afraid. Because if, if you're afraid, you're going to freeze. 
You're going to faint. You're going to flee. You're not going to be able to hear and accept the call that God is bringing to you. So the fear has to go. And the only thing I know that gets rid of fear is love. It's, it's, it's orienting ourselves in love toward God. So what would it look like for you if you created a daily routine in the morning? That when you get up, you don't just go into business right away. You carve out a little bit of time to think, to contemplate, to reflect. You think about who you are. You remind yourself that you're a child of God. Yeah, you're flawed, you're wounded, we all are. There's good in you. There's grace in you. God's fingerprints are all over you. And so the first thing you do is you, you remind yourself who you are as a child of God. The second thing you do is you begin to contemplate, what does God need from you today? What's one goal, a love goal that you have for today? Is it going to be with your coworkers? So as you go into work today, you're just going to open yourself to listen better, to pay attention more. If you see a coworker that maybe is struggling or just doesn't seem like themselves, can you just go over and say, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? I'm here for you if you need anything. You don't have to say a lot. And it's not your job to fix that person, but you can at least let them know that you see them and that you see into them. And you recognize them as a child of God. How can you serve the people in your home? Your, your, your spouse, your kids, uh, your neighbors. Can you, can you find a goal for that day to love? What are you going to do this day to express love toward those that are around you? And then as you go through the day, you just keep your eyes open. You keep your ears open. You pay attention. That person that God is calling you to touch might be at the grocery store. Maybe there's somebody having a difficult time. Maybe you come upon a clerk who just got yelled at by a customer, and you can just see how it's affecting them. And maybe you're that kind voice coming in, not to bash the person who yelled at them, but to let them know you appreciate them. You appreciate their work, and you're glad that they're there to serve, to serve the community. There are all sorts of ways that, that, that we're called to celebrate life on a daily basis, but it's got to be built out of love. It's not just about having a good time. It's about doing the things we're called to do, being the people we're called to being, and being grateful for that, grateful for the opportunity to be the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus in the world. We just started our Ignite series. And uh, Ignite is our theme through the fall, and it's, it's our season of generosity. And what we're doing through this season is we're encouraging people to be in contemplative reflection about how God is calling you to live generously. And we're talking about money. I mean, we are called to be generous with our time, with our gifts, with our resources. And, and here, this, this conversation is really about money. And, and, and some people don't like to talk about money. They feel like it's, it's too heavy-handed when the church is asking for money. But without your financial support, we wouldn't have a church. We wouldn't have a staff. We wouldn't have ministries that are serving kids and families. We, we wouldn't have ministries that are standing with the poor and powerless around the world. We wouldn't have ministries that are helping to, to transform lives. 
The finances are the fuel. It's the fuel for how we do what we do. And I, I know that asking people to, to give feels weird. And, and, and sometimes people resent that because in our world today, a lot of folks are living above their means. They feel like they don't have anything, even though they live in a big house and, and maybe make a good living, they, they feel like they're just getting by week to week. But what God is calling for us to do is not to just give money, it's to reorient our lives, reprioritize our lives, change how we live so that we can be generous. But it starts with the generosity. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. He didn't say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. He put the treasure first. He said, it's how we deal with our treasure. It's how we deal with our possessions. It's how we deal with our wealth that affects our hearts. It changes us. It realigns us. It reorients us. When Jesus invites us into the party, what he's saying is he's saying, come with everything you have. Bring it all. And let me transform it in your life so that you can see all of the gifts, all of the resources, all of the abilities that you have as tools to be used for God's mission. In the parable he told, there was one fellow who came in who wasn't wearing the, the wedding clothing. Well, remember in the story, everybody got drug in from the streets. Nobody was prepared to come to a wedding. So in order to get in, they had to take off what they were wearing and put on the wedding garments that the king provided. Well, this one person came and said, I don't, I don't want that. I want to continue to be how I am. And that person couldn't stay at the party. That person had to leave. And the point of that is that we, we can't both serve the world, uh, the world's ways. We can't, we can't live the way the world wants us to live with wealth and power and, and, and prestige and, or whatnot and also serve God's mission. This is, a, this is an either or. It's not a both and. In order for God to fully use us, we have to be transformed. We have to be changed. We have to thoughtfully think about our lives and realign everything so that God can use us the way that God needs to use us. And that's challenging. It's hard. There are some things we have to give up. There are some things we just choose not to do anymore in order to, to have the resources, in order to have what we need, in order to serve God's mission. But the good news is you're not doing this alone. We're a community. We're in this together. All of us feel the challenges that, that, that we have to make in order to live generous lives. We all feel it. But it's only through taking a step forward in our generosity, that our hearts are going to be changed, that we're going to be transformed. You can't sit back and wait for transformation to happen, and then I'm going to live differently. No, you begin to live differently, and then you're changed. Transformation comes. What I want for each of you, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to see life as the blessing that it is. I want you to wake up every day, not with stress and anxiety and depression. I want you to wake up each day and celebrate the child of God that you are, to see the opportunities that are around you and to celebrate when they happen. 
When you see that person at the grocery store or on, the, on your neighborhood block who's struggling and you reach out to them, it feels good. And I want you to share that story with others. I want you to let other people know that God showed up for you today through that person, through the opportunity to serve. You know, Jesus did this every single day. I believe he woke up every day in a contemplative posture. He was constantly keeping his eyes and his ears and his heart open to experience people where they were. He could see into everyone. And he, he found ways to love. He found ways to serve. He found ways to give every single day. Even when he was arrested and nailed on the cross, he continued to love. He continued to serve. He prayed for those who were killing him. He never gave up that joy-filled, hopeful spirit, even while he was suffering. Isn't that amazing? And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead to show us that his way, the way of love, is the true way of life. Life is a party. Life is a party. When's the last time you were at a party and you saw that sad sack sitting in the corner pouting, right? You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the one who, who's just filled with negativity and filled with pessimism so that you miss the joys of life. You miss the celebration. You want to be that person who is awestruck every single day by the beauty that's around you, the goodness that's within you. You want to be that person who, who others come to because you're a light. You're a light in the darkness. You always have a message of hope. You always have a message of healing. You always have a message of reconciliation. You want to be that person who, who recognizes that, that you're a gift to the world. You're a gift in, in God's mission to bring life to all people. And that you, you celebrate those opportunities that you have in order to share what God has given you so that others may be blessed. That's the kind of person I want to be. It's not easy. We all have our bad moments. We all have our bad days. But when we're in community with each other, we can hold each other up. We can encourage one another. We can cheer each other on. We can tell the truth in love to each other and hold up a mirror once in a while, right? But we do this together so that when I'm having a bad day, you're supporting me. When you're having a bad day, I'm supporting you. But the message is always the same. Life is a party. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be celebrated. It's meant to be lived fully. And the path toward that is love, it's service, it's generosity. So I pray that this week you'll be in prayer as part of our Ignite season about how God is calling you to share your gifts, your money, your time, your education, the gifts that you have, the blessings that you have. How is God calling you to share those? And when you share them here at the church, no matter how small it is, your, your gifts are coupled with the gifts of others. And through you and through us collectively, God can do amazing things. So use this season as a time of contemplative reflection for how God is calling you to live more generously so that you and the entire world can experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.